On this episode of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast, we will be looking at this past weekend of NFL football, including some of the best games like New England versus Kansas City and the Dolphins versus Bears. We will be also looking at the college football weekend and along with a lot of the upsets over the weekend, as well as some touch on the new NBA season this year and the push for the MLB World Series. That's all coming your way on the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Oh, indeed. I'm glad you connected. This is Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards. You have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man, Josh Kirby, on Sports Podcast. All righty. What's going on, peeps? Episode 9 of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast coming at you. Thanks once again to Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards, for that wonderful intro. And to my brand new co-host, C.J. Mentier, for that sick introduction before the intro. So, CJ, you're a new co-host. Um, a- any words for the podcast family? No, I hope to keep bringing you guys good sports, and I hope to keep giving my mind and opinions on them. And it's it's going to be a good show, and let's have a good one. Oh, yeah, de- definitely. So, welcome to the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast family. It's a great honor and pleasure to have you here, CJ. Make sure you go out and follow my social media on Facebook at Kirby on Sports Podcast, Twitter at Kirby on Sports, and make sure you email us questions, kirbyonsports at gmail.com, and me or CJ will be more than happy to answer any and all sports questions. We're going to get right into it. How about them Redskins? Man. Well, I mean, I was shocked. <laughs> yeah, I, I was shocked too after a like they laid a goose egg in New Orleans. They come back and beat the Panthers 23-17. to And this was also the return of Thomas Davis. Like, he was supposed to make their defense even better. <laughs> and the Redskins still put up points on them. Yeah, so basically the key in that game was the Panthers had three turnovers. DJ Moore, apparently he's from Maryland, and he bought his family tickets to see this game and whatnot and oh my god i i I heard that i heard that on tv and i was like yeah dj moore's family is probably sorry for him and i mean also it was good to see old man adrian peterson finally hammer the rock a couple of times oh good grief yeah I, i i'm telling you the redskins when they establish the run good things come from it Adrian Peterson, 17 carries for 97 yards. Which is a very good average. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish it was 100, though. But <laughs> that, did, did you see that one play where he broke a tackle and his shoe came off? He still ran for the first time? Yes, touch? I did. I've that was that. amazing. <laughs> like, Adrian Peterson, he, he's doing a great job. And I loved how the Redskins established the run game. That's what you need to do, hands down. New Orleans, that wasn't getting done. This game, it was getting done. And, like, they were, they've been so inconsistent. You just don't know what version of the Redskins you're going to see from week to week. Well, to win a football game, there's three phases that you got to win. you got to be able to pass the ball, run the ball, and rush the passer. And if you do two of those things out of the three, you have a better chance at winning. And the Redskins did it very well this week. Even though Alex Smith didn't have the best of passing yards, still completed 21 times, though, against the Panthers. Yeah, uh, only 163 yards, but um, uh, ground game was a big part. Adrian Peterson, 97 yards once again. And um, 
the receivers for the Redskins stepped up big. Uh, Vernon Davis, Jordan Reed, and Paul Richardson stepped up a lot while Jamison Crowder was out with the injury. And he's a big loss for you guys no matter what happens. Yeah, yeah, but... um. Uh, Vernon Davis here, 13 for 48 in a touchdown pass. That, that's 13 receptions, 48 yards in a touchdown pass. Jordan Reed, 15 receptions, 36 yards. And Paul Richardson, three receptions, 31 yards in a touchdown. So pretty good. And um, defensive side of the ball, um, uh, Josh Norman picks off Cam Newton it's about time he makes a darn play. Like I, I'm, I'm at the. I was at the point where I'm like, we should really just trade Josh Norman because he's, he's not. Been a bust. I he's mean, been he a has. A bust for you, yeah. Like he <laughs> has not been doing much. Like yeah, an interception. The way Cam Newton threw it, I could have probably caught that and made an interception. Like for real. And. Wow, you're priding yourself, aren't you? Josh? <laughs> yeah, but um as good as Josh Norman. <laughs> yeah, but I mean Josh Norman in my opinion, he has not been doing well. He got benched that last game in New Orleans cuz he had headphones on during the uh halftime. It's cuz he was too focused about Michael Thomas and him and I mean those two talking. Josh about Norman is just a talker and he's just He's cocky and stuff, and he, it just makes it so he doesn't play the game the way he should. He gets frustrated. And yeah, and I feel like if that's going to happen and he doesn't make as many great plays, like yesterday, um, Sunday, he had that interception. But w- before that, when did he make a good play? I couldn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you. Why would the Redskins keep somebody like that when we could trade him for draft picks or a better player to tighten up the defense or the O-line or whatever, you know? I don't know. I guess that has to come up to Dan Snyder and your management team because they they make the final decisions on everything. So yeah. I couldn't tell you, man. I couldn't tell you, especially in that organization. I just could not tell you. Yeah, definitely. But – um. And an- another point I wanted to add on here, the Redskins still do not look like a second-half team. They they almost let that lead go away like that, and the Panthers almost won. It came down to a fourth-down stop. And then, then, who was it? Swearinger gets up in Cam Newton's face and gets a penalty. I was like, oh, no, this better not be a Panthers first down. But luckily it was after the play, so like half the distance to the goal, and we just took a knee there. But um, the Redskins definitely need to improve on coming into the game and staying that way and not going more downhill, you know? Like, they had the those uh, two touchdown passes – in the first half. The second half, what did they really do? Just a couple field goals. And Carolina kept on coming back. And the Carolina could have just easily won it. But I, I think it was those three turnovers that really held Carolina from actually beating the Redskins. Yeah, I mean, your defense, yeah. I mean, to hold them to how many points it was at the end, uh, second half? 
23 to 17. So I think they had what, like six points at the second? Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, first six, half? Yes, yeah, six. six or nine, I forget. And only to hold them to one touchdown, that's pretty good for your defense to at least give them some hope, even though your offense didn't really do anything with the ball in the second half. Yeah. So, and for, for the Panthers, I mean, Cam Newton, 275 yards passing, two touchdowns and an interception. And Cam Newton was also the lead rusher in that game. That's not good for the Panthers. Yeah, if you're Christian McCaffrey only put up 20 yards on eight carries. Like, you only gave him the ball eight times? <laughs> what does that say? Like, you got to establish the run game, Have you, as you said plenty of times, to win the game. You got to pass the ball and run the ball. Well, they only did one phase right. They passed the ball right, but they didn't rush the passer or run the ball. So you only did one out of three things right that game. Yeah. Yep. So um, that's a 23-17 final. And looking on to next week, critical game. Cowboys come to Washington, NFC East. You know, I, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that the Redskins will beat the Cowboys, but I'm not holding my breath over it. But um, Just wait for that episode when he's going to be screaming his head off at me <laughs> for, the, for the entire game. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, but anyways – the Redskins, three and two. The Cowboys, three and three. After that win over Jacksonville, forty-two-seven, and um, if the Redskins manage to beat the Cowboys, we'll still be in first place. But if the Redskins end up losing, they'll fall to three and three. The Cowboys will be four and three, move up to first place, and depending on how the Eagles do next week the Redskins could be in second or third place. And once again, the New York Giants are our fluffy pillow at one and five, holding us they to at least third place. The Eagles, man. At, least, at least third place. <laughs> but that's your Redskins recap for the season. Uh, I'm sorry, why did I say season? For the week, next week. You've they... given up on them already? <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, but um, next week against the Dallas Cowboys, that's definitely one to watch. That's a 425 game on CBS. Probably, they put it on CBS probably because Joe Buck's doing playoff baseball, don't you think? That would have been America's Game of the Week on Fox, in my opinion. But, yeah, you're probably right. But, hey, you may get Tony Romo and Jim Nance. Who knows? Yeah, man. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, other scores in the league. Let's first talk about Aaron Rodgers that Monday night. Another game-winning drive to set up Mason Crosby. Last week, Crosby did terrible. This week, his confidence comes back and, makes, for it, four. and makes a game-winning field goal. And yep. um, that was a... If I can find here, the heck, oh, thirty-three yeah. to thirty was yeah, the final thirty-three score to thirty yeah. was the final score. So, and Aaron Rodgers four hundred twenty-five yards with two touchdowns. I mean that 49ers defense and the Packers defense, that was just a shootout from the get-go. Even C.J. Beathard was able to do a lot of things against that Packers defense. Like C.J. Beathard, like. I, I didn't think he could perform as well as he did last night. I didn't think that Mark Marquise Goodwin could get that open on some of those cornerbacks. He oh was on God. fire last night. Yeah, that that was some crazy stuff. And um, on a side note, um, C.J. Beathard, um, 
His grandfather is Bobby Beathard, former uh, Redskins um, GM, and he won a Super Bowl with them. Just wanted to point that out. <laughs> yeah, but um, anyways, um, Rogers, I I think he's one of the greatest. I don't well, disagree with that. I think he's one of the greatest, but he's yeah. not the greatest. Well, you know, I I mean, I, I'm sure we were talking earlier, and I I was, I I still think he's sort of better than Tom Brady. I think as of right now, Aaron Rodgers is number one on the list, and Tom Brady's number two. Because, you know, Aaron Rodgers, like, with the amount of injury he's had this season so far coming back, like, somebody tackled him in that Monday night game, and he came up limping, but what does he do? He continues to play. But Tom Brady, he he hasn't gotten injured. Like you said before, he only had one injury. Yeah, it was an ACL tear back in 2008. Yeah, so, I mean, Tom Brady, don't, don't get me wrong, Tom Brady is great, I have to admit that, but I, I I think the argument is Aaron Rodgers is doing better than Tom Brady so far this season. I can see where, where you think that. I mean, what was it in the Kansas City game? There was a stat that was thrown out that said, Tom Brady has played in eight Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes has played in seven NFL games. <laughs> I think that's unbelievable, and I think that speaks for itself on what Tom Brady's able to do. Yeah, and um, looking to that game, New England and Kansas City, that was a 43-40 to Patriots win. Wow. Patrick Mahomes, 352 yards and four touchdowns, two interceptions. It makes me cringe when I don't see defenses do good because I love seeing defense making huge stops. I mean... The Patriots didn't punt the ball once all game. They also didn't even commit a penalty the entire game. They were perfect on offense and also in just aggression. No aggression towards the Chiefs whatsoever. No penalties were committed by the Patriots. No, none. Not a single penalty was in, charged. In the game? Yes. Are you kidding me? I'm not joking with okay, you, Okay, Josh. how is that possible? No, just off topic. How is that possible? Discipline. That's crazy. Like, I've never watched a game. But people will say that they cheated and they paid the refs off, but that's just because they don't know anything (laughs) about sports. But, I mean. But that is pretty crazy. Like, that just goes to show how much discipline they have and what a great leader and Bill Belichick they have. And also, this game was just so back and forth. I mean, this game, you had to keep scoring to see who was going to win. There was no, you you score and it's like, oh, your defense will stop them. No, that didn't happen. It was just nonstop, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, I, I was actually, I actually went to bed and I woke up at like midnight to follow the score and I was like, wow, it's that goals. Yeah, he came alive in the second half, Patrick Mahomes. Three touchdowns to Tyreek Hill alone. I mean, he was on fire. But the biggest Achilles heel here is that Chiefs defense right now. They are a mess right now for the Chiefs. They have given up 468 yards per game this season. 468. That is on pace to be the worst defense in NFL history. If they keep this up, they will have given up 7,941 yards in an entire season. The worst defense in NFL history is the Saints back in 2012. They gave up 7,042 yards in one season. Wow. That was very recently. And so now you're looking 
at this Chiefs team, yeah, they got a great offense, but man, that defense is in shambles, especially against a good team like New England. Yeah. So, and to, on the other hand, um, Tom Brady, 340 yards with a touchdown. So, Pat Mahomes, I, I mean, their numbers are really similar here, but Tom Brady only threw one touchdown. So, yeah. If you go back to that game, Sony Michelle did a lot of great things in the run game. Same thing with James White. Yeah. Those thing, those two did a great so, job. So more of a running style game, and um, very similar here. Like um, I, I don't want to say, man, Pat Mahomes is keeping up with Tom Brady. He might be better than Tom Brady. I'm not going right to say that. Right now, he's my lead for the MVP. Pat Mahomes is yeah. absolutely my lead. Right oh, now. He, definitely. Like uh, rookie? No, he's not rookie. What What am I talking about? No. That's pass. Yeah, MVP, he's in my top five. I would have to say he's in my he's my number one pick right now. Even with the careless mistakes that he had last night towards the end of the half where he threw an interception in the back of the end zone, I mean, he's still my top pick right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep, so um, that was a 43-40 to 40 Patriots win. Mo- moving on here um, – I want to talk about that crazy game in Miami. I, I, oh my God. What a game, man. Yeah. Goes to the very brink of overtime again. You're having one of those games again. (laughs) It could have almost. Another tie, tie, man. Another tie. No, no, but yeah. Okay. Going into overtime, Kenyon Drake fumbles on the Chicago one yard line. Not the one, the inch, the The inch inch yard line, man. He was about to step over, and he just drops the ball. <laughs> I, I, I watched that, and I was like, are you kidding me? I hate how the media literally just showed the camera on his face just with the towel over his head like six times. It's like, stop showing him. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah, he screwed up. You don't have to stir the pot even more. Yeah, yeah, but um, then Chicago ends up driving— they miss a field goal, and Miami comes back, and Kenyon Drake doesn't feel as bad about himself because they make a field goal with no time left in overtime. Yeah, I mean, as I was saying earlier to you, though, the Bears had this game won. They were inside the one-yard line twice that game, and they turned it over both times. Yeah, the game, what was the final score again? The final score. 31 to 28. The Bears had two touchdowns at their grasp to easily win this game. And they turned it over both times on the one-yard line. They lost this game, and they made a lot of mistakes. And that defense was tired at the end of the game because they knew they had the game won, but it just didn't turn out that way. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, with Miami playing um, Brock Osweiler. Yeah, the backup. Yeah. He played really good. Absolutely, he yeah. did. He took that because the Bears' defense, they're feared right now. And he went out there and he threw the ball around. Albert Wilson, my God, he was on fire. He 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 had so many yards after catch that game. It was crazy. Yeah, that, that was by far probably one of the most craziest games I've seen this week. I mean, that's the craziest game I've seen. This week, yeah. I would have to say yeah. this week, yeah. Yeah, so uh, well, we'll pick that crazy game of the week. The Very close, but, I mean, j- just 
Well, what would you have to say is the putts of the week then, Josh? Putts of the week. If that was the craziest game. You want to go putts of the week this early? This early in the podcast? All right. I Um, mean, we're talking about NFL football, Josh, so why not? All right. Um, My putts of the week, it's going to have to be – I forget what I told you earlier. Sheesh. Um, Who was it? Uh, Yeah, the 49ers. Because they they had that game, and – I, I bet you they thought that, man, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to do it again. But you can never underestimate Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers pulled it off again. For me, the putts of the week had to be either Tennessee versus Baltimore or Seattle versus Oakland. Because okay. Seattle versus Oakland, that was a terrible game to watch, man. Seattle just dominated them on all, on all three phases. Yeah, in London, too. Oakland is just looking rough this year. Yeah, $100 million coach. Yep, you're right. Yeah, but uh, I'll I'll pick that putch of the week for you. Tennessee versus Baltimore. 11 sacks. Yeah, 11. 11. Oh, my gosh. Like, I I was watching some of that game, and I was like, man, this game sucks. I'm going to watch Netflix until Kansas City comes on. You gave up on sports, man? My goodness. No, it wasn't that. It was that, like, they were winning. They had that game, and was Tennessee wasn't going to do anything. 21 to nothing was that the was pr- That was probably, like, the first time in my life I was like, this game is boring. I need to find something else to do till a better game comes on. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe myself, and I was like, wow. So, that was a 21-0 loss, and I, I'm going to pick that for you. That's your putts of the weekend. The Seahawks and Raiders, man, like the Raiders putting up three points, that's pretty bad. In <laughs> There's London, no offense too. right there. Yeah. Yep. Pro- I, I bet you John Gruden, he said in a press conference, like, yeah, I hate flying and whatnot, so... I bet you he was just nervous about it, and that's why he lost. He just wanted to get the heck home. Yeah. Um, speaking of the London games, um, now what what are your thoughts on the uh, London games? NFL expanding to London for like four more games in a season. Oh, I love it. Really? Because American football is a very powerful sport, and we see it in Mexico as well. But oh yeah, there's Mexico City games. Yeah, started last year, two years ago. Yeah, but whenever we see the NFL go overseas, there's such a huge following over there because people want to be able to see North American teams. They want to be able to see the United States and the football teams that we have, and it's a very good following. So I love the NFL expansion. I hope that they continue to do it more, even though it is a bit of a, it's a bit of a hassle for teams. I do understand yeah. that. It, w- it was a hassle for me when I woke up to watch the at eight thirty <laughs> to watch the Redskins tie. You the wake Bengals. up and there's football on, man. It's okay. Oh uh, yeah, no, it was amazing. I I, w- I woke up and I made breakfast, sat down and watched the game till one thirty. Yeah, man. Then the other games came on and I was like, heck, more football. Yep. <laughs> it, it was awesome. But um, moving on here. How about your Steelers? Man, like a last-second play there, and they got the He's the best receiver in the game. I don't know what else you have to say about it. Yeah? He is the best receiver in the game. Yeah, that was a Steelers 28-21 win over the Bengals. It was 28-21, Josh. I said that. 
You said 20 to 21. I said 28 to 21. I'm sorry. I thought you said 20 to 21. Oh, my gosh. You did. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, he threw into the blitz. They were calling an all-out blitz, and so... Ben made an audible and he saw what was going on, had a quick slant pass, and now there's a questionable call now because they didn't throw a flag for offensive pass interference. But the thing is about that play is that Justin Hunter, who was the receiver who was next to Brown, the cornerback initiated the contact on him. So he was trying to get off the ball, and Antonio Brown was just open with huge space in front of him. I mean, that's how good he is, though, and no one could catch him. Yep, and um, that ink dropped Hail Mary pass short of the end zone. Like, there was no way the uh, Bengals were coming back from that. And then um, after the game, um, there was some pushing and shoving. I saw Mike Tomlin go up to Marvin Lewis and um, shake his hand. Then Mike Tomlin starts yelling, and I was like, I wonder what that could be in. It was a fight. This game has been heated for a couple years now, and, I mean, Vontaze Perfect is a huge problem for it. I mean, there was a – did you ever see the hit on A.B. that he had in the game? Uh, the, it was another hit that was made to the head. Uh, no, I did not. He actually came off the field. A.B. came off the field for a play. And I remember seeing Vontaze Perfect the next play – and he was talking. I didn't know what he was saying, but Big Ben came out and said he was telling Juju Smith-Schuster, you're next. He was literally pointing at him and telling him, you're next. Yeah. So, so he's, he's so trying to personally hurt these guys. Yeah, so helmet-to-helmet helmet contact. It wasn't helmet, but he oh, really? fully led with his shoulder right yeah. into his head. Yeah, well, there there was a questionable call um, in London that Seahawks Raiders gave a helmet-to-helmet helmet contact that um, um, I forget who it was, but um, somebody got injured over it, and there was no flag called. So, so something I wanted to point out there as well. But was he a quarterback or was he not? He was not. Then that's why they're not going to call it. They'll call for the quarterback, but they won't call for <laughs> anyone else. Yeah, uh, going right into our segue, um, T.J. Watt, a tw- <laughs> You posted this on Twitter, a $20,000 fine for what, just wrapping his legs up? Oh, he didn't wrap his legs up. He kind of swept his his right leg and he hit his left leg and he fell down onto the ground. And it was a $20,000 fine. And the way that TJ Watt found out about it is that he was working for some charity. He was doing some charity work. And a kid said, hey, you just got fined $20,000. What? <laughs> no, I didn't. He's like, yeah, you did. And he's and he said, well, then I just checked my phone, and yeah, I was fined twenty thousand dollars oh by the league. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's hilarious. This roughing the passer stuff is making me furious. I don't get why you can't just let the game go on. Yeah. Why can't you just let them hit the quarterback? Yeah, and when you watch college football, they don't call near as many it's roughing nothing. the passers. It's nothing. Yeah, like. <laughs> like I I saw on Twitter a couple weeks ago. I'm not sure if you saw it, but um, it was a um, it was a college play, and somebody like but I think it was like a linebacker came straight up the middle, sacked a quarterback so hard, and um, somebody I I forget who it was, but they tweeted Clay Matthews 
would have been arrested on spot for this. <laughs> and it, it's, I have I, seen that. I, I, I started laughing so hard, and I was like, yeah, that's probably true. So college, they're a lot more lenient. The NFL is really strict, and I think they need to loosen it. Not so much, but loosen it to where you can actually sack the quarterback without getting called every single time. The thing for me is that the NFL is trying to be so strict on the helmet rule in helmet-to-helmet contact that the quarterback doesn't get hit with the helmet that much. He's very protected. Seriously, there's no contact to the head or neck area. There's no contact to the legs or below area. So what else is there? Hit him in the chest and bring him down. I played rugby for 10 years. We were told to wrap our arms and drive our feet and dig them into the ground. That was what we were told. Or we would be penalized because that is the rule. Rugby was very safe. And I know that the NFL was trying to Rugby adapt. was very safe. Yes, it was. I know there's no pads, but we were told that you had to wrap with your arms and you had to have a form tackle to be able to tackle a player. Mm-hmm. Or otherwise, you would be penalized or ejected from the game. Wow. That is the way it is. You could get a a yellow card or a red card. One mistake, that's a yellow card. Another one, you're gone for the rest of the game. And so in the NFL, I don't understand how a player is supposed to tackle a quarterback normally without hurting himself. There have been instances where a player – didn't a player break his leg trying to tackle? No, he tore his ACL trying to not tackle the quarterback. So he was trying to save his job – and in that instance, he hurt himself? Yeah. You've got to be kidding me, man. But there's no, there's nothing on that. There's not the ref going over to him and said, I would have let you hit him that time. No, there's not. It's like, oh, nice try. I'll see you next year. Yeah, there, there's really got to be some changes coming from New York. And I, I think it, it should happen as soon as possible because it is sort of getting out of hand here. It's crazy. I will probably make that in one year. I have made that in one year. That man just got fined in an instant. $20,000. Wow. It's ridiculous, but I I just don't know. Speechless. (laughs) Yeah, I'm speechless, like, about it. Like, there's nothing more I can say. Instead, what they should do... I said this before, make the rule more flexible, not too flexible, so where people will get mad and, um, what was it? People will get mad and start to complain, oh, you're not calling this, calling that. But make it flexible so you can at least sack the quarterback legally. If it's illegal, throw the flag. But, I mean, if it's legally a good tackle, a good sack – and there isn't that much force or whatever. It's just hard let, to make this rule. It really is let with, them play. with the way that it's going right now. Yeah, I, I feel like last year they let a lot of it go, so they just made it so strict. And they're calling, like, almost everything. Like that Kirk Cousins one, going back to the Vikings and that roughing the passer, he had his legs wrapped up. And Kirk Cousins literally fell back. What is wrong with that? I couldn't tell you, man. Yeah, it, it's crazy. <laughs> About to throw this mic across the room. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to do that since <laughs> I paid for it. 
weird. So, um, okay, let, let's move on here. Um, no, I want to touch on the Cowboys and Jags a little bit. The Jags, they beat the Patriots and managed to only put up seven on the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because in the Patriots game, the offense was the big part of it. And now in this game, Blake Bortles was non-existent. On top of that, the Jags' defense couldn't stop anything. On both sides of the ball, they got beaten this game. And there's everybody's to blame. The team is to blame. There's no point in fingers. Yeah, like, I mean, I I just don't understand how you can go out and beat the Patriots and then lose to the Cowboys. Like, that was sort they're of, not a good team. Yeah, they're so inconsistent. Undisciplined. Yeah. Like, not, like, the Patriots disciplined in that game against the Chiefs and – they beat the Patriots, so it pretty much it's inconsistency. The difference between New England and Jacksonville is that New England learned from that game and said, okay, we're going to go back to the drawing board and we're going to do the things that we do right. What did Jacksonville do? We won the Super Bowl, man. We just beat the best team in the world. Yay, we don't have to worry about anything the rest of this season. We're going to go on and fly by this season. We just beat the AFC champions. We got our revenge game. We don't have to do anything this game. Yep, so um, yeah, I'm, I, I didn't really watch that game because they had the stupid Ravens game on, and I was like, man, I wish I could have watched that. And it is a struggle because I wish I had Sunday ticket, but um, I'm not sure if you watched that game, but um, did the Cowboys look anything spectacular or were the Jaguars just terrible? The Jaguars were just terrible. I mean, every single time that I would turn around from cooking just to look at the game, the Cowboys would have the ball back. I mean, they would have quick possessions. The Jaguars would throw up turnovers to them, and they would get the ball back so fast. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I want to look at those um, stats for that game before we move on. But um, really quickly here, I, I just want to pull up Blake Bortles' stats. Um 15 for 26, 149 yards with one touchdown, one interception. Compared to Dak Prescott, 17 for 27, 183 yards and two touchdowns. So not not really anything eye-popping stats-wise, but rushing Ezekiel Elliott, 24 carries, 106 yards. And Jags defense rushing, T.J. Yeldon, eight carries, 41 yards. Big difference there. They did not establish the run game. 18 carries for 65 yards for their whole rushing attack. That's not good. Yeah, it's um, it was a interesting game. I was surprised to see Jacksonville just only put up seven on the Cowboys, who have really been struggling. Another so. thing was the time of possession. Dallas had the ball for 39 minutes. Jacksonville only had the ball for 21 minutes that entire game. Yeah, time of possession plays a big part in the game as well. Especially when you drown out the clock, and then you have to make Jacksonville hurry. That's what causes turnovers and mistakes. Yeah. So that was a 40-7 to Cowboys win. Um Let's see any other good games we should talk about. The Chargers and Browns. Chargers beat the Browns 38-14. to We have to come to the realization that 
the Browns just aren't going to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, they made a step. Yeah, oh, they We weren't improved. hoping that they would make it to the playoffs, but they have to win a game. That was the big thing. Yeah. They have to at least establish that they should be an NFL franchise. Yeah, they, they've improved, but I, I think some people are head over heels like, Absolutely. man, they might win the playoffs now. No. Like, Absolutely not. No. Yeah. They're a young team, but they have some veteran players. Once they get those young players accustomed to the way that they do things, they'll be a good team here in a couple of years. Yeah. So, um, other games, um, any other eye-popping games you want to talk about before we move on, co-host? Not really. None of the other games really stick out to me. Other than the Falcons game, Devontae Freeman today was tweeted that he's going on injured reserve Yep, I had to drop him for my fantasy team today. That was pretty sad. This guy and his fantasy team. My God. (laughs) Yeah. Do do you play fantasy? No, I don't. Well, well, you're missing out because it's a lot of fun. I played it last year, and I've given up now. Really? (laughs) I'm in three, (laughs) three, three leagues. No, wait, four leagues. One I paid to be in, the rest I just do for free. So the free is a lot better because you're not riding solely on, man, I hope I want to make this money. But I tried a paid league just to see what that was like. But fantasy football is pretty fun. You need to get back into it. But um, Rams. Only undefeated team left in the NFL. Just keep the train rolling, man. Yeah, that free train rolling. Keep winning, rolling. man. <laughs> free trains rolling. Nothing else and, to say about them. And I, I thought the Rams might have an issue because it was snowing in Denver, but they took, they took care of them, twenty-three to twenty. They're winning any altitude. Same thing with Seattle. Yeah, went up to Seattle and did it. Why not Denver? Yep. So, um, week six. Pretty exciting so far. I'm hoping week seven brings the same outlook. Um, Moving on here from the NFL, I'm going to turn it over to my brand new co-host talking about the college football week seven upsets. CJ, take it away, sir. Well, let's give a shout out to JMU at first. I mean, they did come back and win 37 to nothing over Villanova. Of course, they're not known for football, but to have a bounce back win over Elon from past week, got to give a shout out to them. They played physical and they had a great game. I called it on Twitter, man, that Iowa State would beat West Virginia because Iowa State is a team that is able to beat very high ranked opponents and ranked opponents in general. Last week, they beat Oklahoma State. Last year, they beat Baker Mayfield in Oklahoma. And a couple years ago, like I said, they beat Brandon Whedon in the number two Oklahoma State Cowboys. Don't shake your head. (laughs) They, They are a team that knows how to put trap games on people. And that defensive line and defense of Iowa State was fantastic. West Virginia only had 27 carries for 52 yards. That's only 1.9 yards per carry that entire game. That D-line was fantastic. And they put Will Greer in situations where uh, he, he didn't throw the ball. He had to mainly run for it, and he didn't get very far. The coverage downfield was fantastic. Iowa State, big win. I'm glad that they did it because it proved I proved lots of people wrong. Another one. Penn State losing to Michigan State. I, I saw that unranked Michigan State. I 
I, I was just thinking to myself, I wonder how James Franklin feels right now. Because I bet you he wasn't ha- <coughs> excuse me. I bet you he wasn't happy after that loss. I just the offense just isn't there anymore. Two years ago, man, they were the most exciting team in college football. Trace McSorley and that offense were on fire, winning a Big Ten championship and going to the Rose Bowl, having Saquon Barkley. Those guys were on fire two years ago. Jim Moorhead was a good offense coordinator for him. And now that he's gone to Mississippi State, I feel that they miss him and the offense just isn't there. I don't get it. At the end of this game, my dad said it best. They were playing to lose. They were playing to just get a field goal, get ahead, and rely on your defense. Our defense held them all game. Why not hold them again? We'll settle for a field goal. Nope, that's not what happened. Michigan State drives down the field and gets a touchdown. That's what you get when you play to lose. And they did it this game. Another one, Georgia losing to LSU. LSU jumps up to number five now in the rankings. And this goes without saying that rankings do not matter in college football. Any given Saturday, you can be beat. Overconfidence and not understanding your opponent as well as you should is a killer to people. Just because you're the number two team in the country, you still got to go out there and play a ball game. 60 minutes, every single second, every single snap, you got to go out there and play a ball game. And that's what happened to Georgia. And they got beat by 20 points. It wasn't just by three at the last second. It was 20 points. 36 to 16. Another game for us. UVA beating Miami. Go Virginia teams, man. Wow. Beating Miami at UVA. I mean, UVA only had 231 total yards of offense, and they still beat them. Sure, it wasn't a high-scoring game, 16-13, to 13, but the interception return yards, they had over 117 interception return yards. Those are big numbers for interceptions. And they beat Miami, and it was a good game to watch. Another one, Tennessee over Auburn. Nobody gives Tennessee any credit, but guess what? They're still going to go out there, and they're still going to play football every single Saturday. And that's why rankings don't matter, because – They don't care that they're not ranked. They're still going to play football every single Saturday. And they beat Auburn, and now they have to go home and go back to the drawing board and say, what did we just do wrong? So an exciting weekend in college football because I love seeing upsets because I've said that the rankings don't matter. But coming up very soon, this Alabama-LSU game is going to be such a good game to watch. Oh, man. It's going to be such a good game to watch. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Because Tungavailoa against a good defense. Tua. Tua Tungavailoa. That's his name. I thought you said something else. No. Tua Tungavailoa against this LSU defense. Yeah, I can't even pronounce his name, so I'm giving you a star for the day because you're pronouncing his name. So... This is going to be some good matchups coming up. I don't know if Penn State should be in the top 25 now with the losses that they've had. They're going to have a big game up against Michigan coming up. But, hey, as I've said, rankings don't matter. Just go out there and play football every single Saturday. So we'll have to see. Well, in my opinion, um, the ranking system, I don't like it. The playoff system, I don't like it. How are you just going to have four teams in the race for the national championship. Like like the in the NFL they don't do it. They expanded to like eight teams. Yeah. Eight 
Yeah, eight teams. Yeah, but I mean, I I feel like they should expand it because four teams, like a final four in a championship, and just what? And like, you see the same thing. The same teams keep getting in every mm-hmm. year, and. I really don't like it, and I feel like there needs to be a change to that. One of the good things about the FCS level, which JMU plays at, is they play a playoff system, but it's different. They have the first round of the playoffs, second round, then they go to the third round, and then they have the championship game. So it's a playoff bracket system, but there's more games and more opportunities to have a chance at the championship game, unlike – you know, the college football playoff, you could be in the Rose Bowl and then play in the national championship game. You've got to be kidding me. There would be teams who would kill to just be in the Rose Bowl in general. Yeah, it's – I d- don't you agree with me? They they should expand it. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, yeah, that FCS level like you were talking about, um, I enjoy watching that a lot better than I, – I mean, don't get me wrong, it's great football – championship playoff football but still i just don't agree with it and i feel like they need to expand it to at least eight teams or something like that eight ten twelve teams i 12 teams might be a little too much but i i feel like they need to expand it i agree yeah i agree all right um moving on and oh yeah um before uh, we move on. A special shout out to hometown number forty-four, Dylan Rivers, getting a sack against UNC. What a great sack! I mean, I said it on Twitter. I love how after the sack, gets up, goes back to the line of scrimmage, gets back to the huddle, get ready for the next play. No beating his chest, no messing around. Just gets ready for the yeah, next play. Yeah, just gets the job done. So, um, congratulations to you, Dylan. Hope to see you soon. Uh, keep up the great work and do what you do best, play football. All right, moving on here. Um, NBA season starts tonight. Uh, yeah, are, are you a big NBA fan? Not the biggest NBA fan. I mean, when it's on, I'll watch it, but not the biggest NBA fan because of just it's not really that big of a team sport. So. Yeah, I mean, over the years I've started to – be all right. I mean, yeah, I'm a Wizards fan. I follow along with it. They have Dwight Howard this year. <laughs> How many teams does this make it for him? I mean, he's been all over the league. <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm hoping that, like, since they got rid of Gortat, um, I'm hoping that they use Dwight Howard. And I, I think, I'm hoping John Wall, Bradley Beal, and Dwight Howard make a great trio and make some great plays and I've heard a lot of rumors about possibly trading Beal or something but I think the Wizards need to keep Wall and Beal together for as long as they can because I do love that team I I do love that combination Wall and Beal and I think they play really great together but um, NBA matchups start tonight, regular season, the 76ers and the Boston Celtics at 8 p.m., and the Oklahoma City Thunder and the defending NBA Finals champion, Golden State Warriors at 10.30. So your thoughts for the NBA season? LeBron to L.A. Lakers, obviously. Can the Lakers make it 
to the championship this year? I think it's too far, man. I mean, there's so many good teams in the Western Conference. I was surprised that he even went to the Western Conference because there's only a bunch of good teams out there. The Rockets, they could go back. The Warriors, they're going to go back. I don't see (laughs) anyone stopping them. I don't know why he wouldn't go to a team like Boston or the 76ers. They're a team that I'm very interested to see if they can go back is the 76ers because they trusted the process. Yeah. And we'll have to see what they can do this year. Yep. And um, Cleveland losing LeBron James, do you think this is going to be a rebuilding year for them? For Cleveland? Yeah. I don't know what to think of Cleveland now without <laughs> LeBron on their team. Yeah, that that's going to be interesting to see what Cleveland's going to play like without LeBron on their team. But um, we'll, we'll get into some NBA talk here and there throughout the podcast. <laughs> but um, just wanted to touch on that really quick. CJ, you have some MLB playoff action if you would like to talk about the Brewers and Brewers and the – Dodgers and the Red Sox and the Astros. I mean, it's been a good NLCS series so far. The Brewers are beating the Dodgers. I'm glad they're proving me wrong right now. They're up yeah. two to one in the series. And how about that, Gio Gonzalez? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Former, <laughs> yes. former National making it on the playoffs. I mean, Whew. also game three tonight for the Red Sox and Astros. It goes back to Houston, so they get two games of home home advantage. Mm-hmm. So. This could be a 3-1 series for the Astros unless the Red Sox can take on the road and could be still a good series, but it could be a 3-1 series here in the next two games. Yeah, playoff baseball is crazy. And 1-1 tie, I, I'm still hoping the Red Sox make it because I, I think the Red Sox have it this year. I mean, I, I don't really mind that they have like 27 championships or something. I, I mean – I just think the Red Sox are going to be really good this year, and they're going to make it all the way. Brewers, can they pull it off against the Dodgers? In my opinion, the Dodgers are so inconsistent. Like, they think Clayton Kershaw is so good, but you don't know what version of Kershaw you're getting yep. out on the mound. <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely I, I heard, right. I was talking to somebody about that, and you were like, you don't know what version of Kershaw mm-hmm. you're going to get on the mound. You could get MVP Kershaw, or you could get bottom-of-the-barrel Kershaw. Oh, man. So, exciting, and... We will keep you updated on what happens and Joe Buck in the broadcast booth for that. So he is not calling football, which is crazy because I I think it's interesting how he is a multi-sport commentator. And it's pretty fun. Joe Buck calls some pretty exciting playoff baseball. That's why he's chosen to do it because he has a good voice for it. Yeah, great voice. All right. Um, any last words for the podcast, Mr. Co-host? No, I'm glad to be back on the show, and I'm I'm ready to get this thing kicked off as your co-host. Yes, sir. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show, and um, that's about all the time we have for this episode of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Once again, thanks so much to the voice of the Washington Wizards, Dave Johnson, for that wonderful intro, and... Um, Make sure you go out and follow me at my social medias, Facebook at Kirby on Sports Podcast, Twitter at Kirby on Sports, and make sure you email us, kirbyonsports at gmail.com. Till next week, 
CJ, thank you once again for being on the show, and we will catch you next time. Hope you all have a great rest of your day. Peace.